Online from New York City, border to border and coast to coast. You're connected with Tom Sullivan. Yes, you are. Uh, let's go right back to the White House where uh, President Biden and the German Chancellor are taking questions. They're talking a lot, a lot of questions about LNG, about Russian gas. Uh, here's the president uh, answering a question from a reporter about there's not enough LNG and it's too expensive to provide to Europe. Let's listen in. A significant portion of it uh, that would be lost. But you know, what everybody forgets here is Russia needs to be able to sell that gas and sell that oil. Russia relies a significant part of Russia's budget. It's the only thing they really have to export. And if, in fact, it's cut off, then they're going to be hurt very badly as well. And it's of consequence to them as well. This is not just a one-way street. And so uh, we are looking at what we could do to help compensate for loss of immediate loss of gas uh, in Europe if it occurs. And uh, that's what we've been working on for some time now. I can confirm that we work closely with the United States of America, and uh, Joe Biden and I are working closely together as well. We are prepared for all kinds of situations, and that's part of uh, what we do when we say we prepare sanctions. That means we need to be able to, to react at any time, and this is happening. With regard to the use of LNG, I can say that uh, the biggest volume of LNG used across the world is uh, gas, and that is part of the debate. Concerning a long-term perspective, I already uh, outlined what this is about. We will modernize our economy, and where gas is being used, we will switch to hydrogen. This will be a process that will be fast, will happen faster than many might imagine today, and that will create a bright future for all of us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is it? Appreciate it. Shaking hands. Uh, let's uh, listen to make sure. Did we get anything? The last of sometimes they answer questions walking off. No, 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 no. Off they go. So uh, during the top of the hour, um, what was asked was a lot of questions about uh, the energy in Germany and that Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Um, the first, actually, we took the the first question by the woman who spoke both English and German. Um, asked the president, said, "What are, um, what are you going to do about the Nord Stream two pipeline? That's not basically basically she said that's not yours. So what are you going? I mean, are are you, what are you going to be able to do to actually cut that off if Russia invades Ukraine?" And he looked all, I don't want to say nervous, but he was, he paused and was thinking. And he finally said, I promise you, we will be able to do it. So he didn't have an answer, or if he had an answer, he wasn't willing to say what that is. But he said, um, we are, I promise you, we will be able to do it when it came to the question about the United States cutting off the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Uh, that in itself may be considered an act of war as far as Russia's concerned. I don't, uh, we'll see what, if that comes to fruition. Then they asked the German chancellor uh, about the sanctions, and the reporter said, uh, hey, Mr. Chancellor, you're not, 
you're you're very vague. You're not spelling out exactly what the, they are. And are you in the United States working together on this? And he goes, uh, well, you can't spell these things out uh, because there may be more to come. It depends upon what Russia does. And besides that, we are working together. Um, another reporter asked the German chancellor about the fact that uh, NATO should be working together. And the United States has sent a lot of heavy military equipment to both Germany and Ukraine. So, Germany, you have a lot of this stuff. Why are you just sending 5,000 helmets? And um, he also asked the German chancellor about the fact that he says, I'm sure you've heard a lot of people are speculating whether Germany is a reliable NATO partner. And uh, thirdly, you haven't mentioned Nord Stream 2. And the German chancellor basically ducked the whole thing, saying, we've spent a lot of money. We spent $2 billion uh, on Ukraine. And that's their whole argument is we're giving them money. Uh, he didn't answer about the reliable partner part other than the standard. We're very, we're, of course, oh, no, President Biden jumped in and said, oh, Oh, no, he knows we're a reliable partner. No, no, no. The question is, is Germany a reliable partner, Mr. Biden? And the next question, what is Germany doing to reduce the need for Russian oil? And I thought this was interesting because what he said, what the German chancellor said was that climate change led to a decision in Germany to rapidly change their source of fuel. So he's being very forthright because they did. They they've shut down their coal mines. They are they they shut down their nuke plants. Um, you talk about just boom, boom, boom. He flipped the switch. Well, he didn't. The, the, the German government flipped the switch. And he seems to be all for it, going, we rapidly decided to make a change. And they said, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to rely upon Russia for all of your energy? He goes, no, 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 no. We've got wind. And we've got hydrogen. And I'm thinking to myself, um, Germany's a pretty heavy industrial country. I don't know how much wind power will provide what they need in Germany. I doubt it's very much. Uh, but he brought up hydrogen, and it reminded me of uh, BMW probably probably 15 years ago, if I remember right. They rolled out their first hydrogen model. The problem with BMW not being able to really commercially be successful with their hydrogen car is that look around. Where do you see hydrogen refilling? Where, where, where's a, a gas station for, for hydrogen? They're, they're, if, if they're out there, they're very few. And so there isn't a regular way that you can go and get your car filled with hydrogen. Hydrogen, and I remember BMW's ads at the time, basically produces the only thing that comes out the tailpipe is little drops of water. So it's extremely clean, 
And the chancellor said, that's what Germany is doing. And he said, this is him talking, he says, industry is on board with this and said, we are basically going through a modernization of German industry by coming up with uh, alternative fuels like hydrogen. So he says there's enough hydrogen to fuel all of Germany's industrial needs and turn on the lights in all the cities. So right now, he said they get um, about a quarter of their gas from the Netherlands. That they're, they're, I'm not sure if it was a quarter of the gas or a quarter of their energy needs from the Netherlands. They have an agreement with the Netherlands. So he said, don't worry about Russia. Well, yeah, but that's three quarters that they get from Russia, I presume, at this point. And he kept talking about renewables and uh, hydrogen and hydrogen and renewables, and that was his big uh, focus on that. Uh, the last question, which you heard the president uh, responding to, was a reporter got up and said, uh, when it comes to LNG, liquefied natural gas, um, he says there's not enough to fulfill Germany's needs, and it's too expensive. And you heard President Biden, he says, forget the, remember the other side of this coin is Russia needs to sell their gas. And if we can cut off their ability to sell gas, that's going to really hurt Russia because that's such a big portion of their budget, their revenue. And um, he kept talking about, you know, cutting that off. And they said, well, what if it doesn't happen? What if you can't uh, cut it off? He says, we're looking at what to do if that happens. So he that's a vague answer to what if Russia does uh, cut off their gas to Germany. We're looking at what to do if that happens. Well, I hope you're doing more than looking. And the first answer was about uh, cutting the Nord Stream pipeline uh, and he said, I promise you we will be able to do it. Because that reporter kept pressing him. And she did a good job. So there's, um, there's the big powwow between Olaf Scholz. Scholz. You know, like, the, like that, that shoe insert to keep your feet healthy? Scholz? I think it is. Maybe that's his company. I have no idea. In any case, um, that's what came out of that. So people were bugging the, the chancellor because he would never mention Nord Stream 2. I don't think he ever did. I don't think he ever mentioned the word. And he kept talking about how we are all uh, so close. Here's uh, cut three. Jake Sullivan from earlier today said, we're ready. We're ready to respond to that Russian invasion. Any day now, Russia could take military action against Ukraine, or it could be a couple of weeks from now, or Russia could choose to take the diplomatic path instead. The key thing is that the United States needs to be and is prepared for any of those contingencies in lockstep with our allies and partners. If war breaks out, it will come at an enormous human cost to Ukraine, but we believe that based on our preparations and our response, it will come at a strategic cost to Russia as well. I can't help but listen to him, Mr. Mr. Jake, and uh, listen to the president. Uh, the president mentioned about if any troops or tanks come across the border, and I'm thinking, 
What Jack Keane was talking about was Russia may very well do a digital war, a cyber war, shut down some of Ukraine's power, their electricity, their financial system. And I'm wondering if if Joe, because of his age, um, is plotting and planning everything around a World War II type of invasion when this is 2022. And I could see Putin seems to be pretty sharp on this stuff about uh, hacking. So hacking may be what he does instead of troops and tanks. We'll be right back. That's all that I bring to this microphone every day. I have a huge disdain for politicians, and I don't care for either party. Well, I've just, uh, we keep everybody uh, up on a TV set where we can uh, see what's going on in the world. Uh, Kirk Lepold, uh, Leipold, he was the commander of uh, USS Cole. Uh, he was just talking about what happened at the White House, and uh, he flat out said, I do not think Germany is a reliable partner. Whoa. So... That's one of the questions that was asked of the chancellor was uh, this business about, are you a reliable partner? And Biden butted in and said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He knows the U.S. will be with him. No, no, no. It's Germany with the U.S. He, they, they never answered it. So all of this is being digested by Vlad, and he and, and uh, Macron are having some French wine probably right now. This, you got to see the photo. They were they were 30, 40 feet apart from each other. And the funny thing is, is they, um, so from stage left, here comes Putin, comes walking in to the room where this big, long table is. And he doesn't have a mask on. He walks up to his chair. And from the other side, stage right, comes Macron, and he's wearing a mask. And they never got within 30 feet of each other. So Macron took the mask off eventually. I think he felt a little goofy with the mask on when they were so far apart. So that's what's going on there. That that still the the cards are all in uh, Putin's hands and we'll see what uh, what they do there. Since we're doing uh foreign affairs um, we can throw China. I got China and I got Canada on the list here today. Let's do China first because there's an ad that a group wants to run that is um, Michael Waltz, the congressman from Florida, Green Beret Colonel, and uh, Enos Cantor Freedom, the NBA player, Boston Celtics guy. Uh, they want to run an ad that is critical of China on NBC during the during the Olympics. Uh, which, by the way, the um, apparently the ratings for the Olympics are 
pretty sparse, down substantially from um, last go-around. I don't have them in front of me right now. I'll have to dig the numbers out. Uh, so anyway, they want to run this political ad, and NBC says, we're not running that ad. No way are we running that ad. So here's uh, the political ad uh, with Michael Walt and Enos Cantor Freedom. American companies are drunk on Chinese dollars, entangled with communist dictators committing atrocities and propping up these genocide games staged by the Chinese Communist Party. And what can we do? Stand for freedom. Defund the dictators. When you see made in China, put it down. That's the ad. Uh, they want to run that. NBC said, no, we're not going to run that. So... Um, I, I, I've seen the story. I, I, I don't. I haven't watched not one minute of the Olympics. I, I'm not protesting anything. I just, I don't know. They used to be. I used to love the Olympics a long time ago. Maybe it was just because I was a younger guy at the time, or I don't know what it is. Um, in those days, ABC was was the network that did that, and NBC does kind of a more sterile version, I think. In any case, I haven't watched any of it, if you have, but I've seen the stories. And the story was at the opening ceremonies, they had two people that were carrying the Chinese flag. And one of them was a Uyghur, which is the group of people that are being persecuted in China. And apparently the story goes that they trotted out this woman uh, to say, see, see, we, we, we're not, we're not oppressive to these people. Look at this. We got a week are holding the flag out there in the middle of the Olympic ceremony. Apparently nobody can find her now. She's one of the athletes, but apparently she hasn't shown up. So, um, I, I, you get into this whole corporate stuff about should they run the ad? If I, if I was a corporate guy. Um, I think you'd get a lot of mileage with the American people since you're an American network to run the ad. I I, I know China monitors all this stuff, but what are they going to do? The games are underway. Run the run the ad. Eight five five two nine five sixty six hundred. We'll be right back. Connect and engage with Tom Sullivan on air, online, on demand. From New York City to the world, Tom Sullivan. Hello, world. How are you? Happy Monday. Yeah, this is going to get very interesting. Um, Germany, they're acting very much like uh, the German chancellor was acting very much like, uh, uh, you may laugh at us today, but we're going to have the last laugh because we're going to have all this. We're going to have the most, uh, it's going to be the biggest modernization of the industrial Germany ever in its history. So they're going to be on, they're really into uh climate change and that's why they're doing all of this 855-295-6600 james in california hi james hi there tom hi welcome 
What's going on? Um, so, you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, so with the German Chancellor, he's saying that he wants to use hydrogen, but where is he getting that hydrogen from? Because you have to make that. So what energy source is he using to make the hydrogen? Nuclear? Well, is, or is he going to do all um, the No, I was looking at, no. Um, I was looking at countries that make hydrogen. Uh, Japan is the largest, followed quite a ways back, and number two is Germany, and number three is China. So Japan, Germany, China, in that order. But I found by accident, I stumbled across, how do you make hydrogen? Do you know? Because I did not. It well, is produced, well, it's produced from natural gas. From natural gas, so using a carbon capture and storage system. So that's, that's what they, they need. They need the natural gas to be able to do the carbon capture to get the hydrogen. Right. They can, but they if can you, use electricity to split water molecules, but that's you may as well just use the electricity straight off then from solar. Yeah. So, and otherwise, so you I know, don't know. You're, you're, either, you're burning some sort of a uh, carbon to get the to get the uh, hydrogen from it. Yes. Yes. So it's not exactly. It's green. a carbon <laughs> carbon capture from natural gas produces blue hydrogen and apparently they um they're doing a lot of this stuff they remember germany's not that large so they don't have they have a big industrial base but apparently they get 30 percent of their uh power from Garbage, biomass, 30% from that. They get um, 14% from hydropower, so they have some dams on some rivers somewhere in Germany. So there's 44%, and there's another 40% they get from wind. So they must, I haven't been in Germany in quite a while, but they must have windmills all over the place. So they're, they, they are, um, they're investing heavily in clean energy, and they are absolutely putting, you know, doubling down on hydrogen. That is their big, big, big thing. They, they'll either get the, the last laugh or they will be laughed at forever. One of the two. Yeah. It just seems like that uh, generating the hydrogen is like kind of a secondary process, and they'd be better off just going with the primary process to get their energy from it unless if it's for like car fuel for cars or trucks or something like that yeah i i'm going way back now when when they came out with some of these alternative engines and um everybody was like i said bmw i remember they introduced their hydrogen car the problem was where do you where do you fuel up uh and they didn't have that ready uh, but there was also, I remember when I lived in California, the governor of California uh, had a, it wasn't a limo, but it was a big Lincoln, one of those big old Lincolns that dr they drove the governor around in. And yeah. they, uh, I, 
I knew the governor pretty well. We'd talk from time to time. And he uh, he was telling me, he says, it's a piece of junk. They put it, They took out the perfectly good engine and put in uh, some sort of hydrogen engine. And all of the 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 seals and everything you know the stuff that's made of cork and everything else in there in a car uh, apparently the okay. hydrogen ruined it ruined it so the engine was just a, a total mess and when when they got they got rid of the car but before they got rid of the car they had to take out the alternative engine and put in a gasoline engine to be able to sell it so we'll see was that Schwarzenegger because I think that he did that no with the that was as well. No, 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 no. That was uh, Pete Wilson. Governor Wilson oh, okay. had that wow, car. Like way back. Yeah. Yeah. He was a good guy. I like Pete. He's still around. He's a lawyer, still working sometimes in L.A. So anyway, but it was, uh, they're trying. Everybody, everybody in the world is trying to get off fossil fuel. And I um, am, a, am a big cheerleader for that. I think that's great. But we're not there yet. And for Germany, I guess... They are, we, we're just too darn big. Um, but Germany, I guess, felt that they have enough alternative energy to be able to take a chance on this and try and switch everything over rather rapidly. Even the, even the chancellor said it was rapid. So they've got more guts, but maybe it's because of the size of their country. Even though they got a big industrial base, they're not that big. So I guess you could... Take a chance on it. But you can't do that with the U.S. We just don't have enough alternative energy here. Not even close for the size of this country and our industrial needs. Anyway, we'll see what happens. But uh, that's what Germany's up to. James, I appreciate the call. Uh, Lane, you got something on hydrogen? Is that right? Hi, Lane. Welcome. Hi. How you doing, Tom? Good, good. Great show. Love the show. Hey, so Thank you. I think Germany's idea is to go hydrogen because you still keep the engine, the combustible engine, viable. You just change a few things and the components, and, and you still have an industry that's, that's still manufacturing. If you go electric, like the previous caller said, the energy it takes to create hydrogen, well, then you just, you're eliminating the combustible engine. You're removing that complete line right. of, you know, right. a, a viable, viable manufacturing. The whole idea is to keep what we got going, but use less fossil fuel. And, and well, I wonder I, I if I wonder though. I mean, I, I hadn't really thought about this till the last caller brought it up, and I started thinking about that car that they had for the governor, and they switched the engine out, and it was it was rotting all the the seals and everything else. I wonder if you can, or whether factories are going to have problems with all of their equipment if they switch it over to. Um, to hydrogen. hydrogen, yeah. You I don't know change, enough about it. Yeah, you got to change lines. Yeah, you got to change lines and pumps, and there's a lot to it. I was involved in off-road racing in Southern California, and when the E85 fuel came out, and we had a particular engine we needed to use, it, it could only operate on E85 fuel. It was an off-road uh, plus course. Anyway, it yeah, was uh, yeah. very interesting. You know what we needed to do in order to make that engine work. So yeah, that's the thing. I, I it's, it's not. It's not as Sounds it sounds more complicated than I think people just think. Oh well, let's go, let's go get hydrogen. and We'll yeah. use that. I, look at I don't care. Well, I don't care what they come up with, but it just seems that in the meantime, 
What's wrong with all of the above? Let's try every piece of energy we can. Exactly. Starting Utilize with, starting with the cheapest. As a resource. Right. And natural gas is the cheapest. And we just shot ourselves in the foot with that. So, currently. For now. For now. I, I'm a great believer the marketplace will, will uh, prevail. But anyway. All right. Hey, Lane, thank you. Appreciate the call. Phone number is 855 295 6600. If you were NBC, would you sell the uh, Michael Waltz Enos Cantor Freedom ad? Why not? What could, what the could real world and you meet here. You're listening to Tom Sullivan. So, yeah, they want to sell. Uh, they, I, I don't know why NBC um, is so afraid to sell an ad. It would run here in the United States. It's a political ad. Uh, okay. They don't have to sell it. But um, here's Michael Waltz lamenting the fact that NBC won't sell the ad that he wants to run on uh, on NBC in this country. These corporations that want to preach social justice here at home, they want to boycott baseball uh, in, in Georgia, but then completely turn a blind eye uh, when it comes to millions of Muslims uh, in concentration camps and slave labor. Yeah. Um, Enos, Fre- uh, Enos Cantor Freedom, the basketball player. Uh <laughs> Man, I'm wondering what the NBA is thinking because they, they don't dare touch this guy. But he's he's going after them about the fact that he, uh, the NBA, is making tons of money off of uh, their fans in China and LeBron is making money and he says that they're all a bunch of hypocrites. And then he takes on them, but he also takes on uh, corporations, which is not something new. We all know that corporations are afraid of their own shadows. Here's Enos Freedom. NBC is afraid. You know, these corporate sponsors cannot preach social justice at home, but ignore it when it could affect their revenue, and they're all afraid of the war. Yeah. So that is, the corporations are afraid of of, uh, of anybody getting... They really are. They are afraid of everything, and they don't want to offend anybody. And so... Uh, but at the same time, there's a big stink regarding... Um, GoFundMe, and who else uh, is involved in this uh, big pushback? Uh, the Canadian truckers. Th- this is is called the People's Convoy, and I saw some. They had some live YouTube cameras. A bunch of people were streaming live from their from their iPhones or whatever up in Ottawa at the con- at the nation's capital. And I, I looked at the temperature. This was, I think, on Saturday evening. I looked at the temperatures. It was three degrees in Ottawa, three. And so there's lots of people. I mean, they're hardy souls. They're out there. I mean, there's thousands of people in the streets. And it was kind of, it wasn't all that great of a protest. 
So they had a, a fire going in a burn barrel, so everything was nice and tidy. And it was people were standing around trying to keep warm. And they had all these trucks that were out there, and they were honking their horns, and they were blocking traffic. And so for the people of Ottawa, I'm sure they're not very happy. But uh, there is apparently a number of GoFundMe sites that were set up to send money to the the truckers or some truckers support sites and stuff like that. And GoFundMe said, no, we're not going to send money to the truckers support groups. They have decided, I mean, it's one thing for, for Twitter to say we're not going to post something that a conservative says. It's another thing when you send your hard-earned dollars to GoFundMe because you want to support the truckers, and GoFundMe says, eh, you can't do it because of the fact that it is um, against their wishes uh, somehow. And uh, Facebook has shut down a trucking uh, trucker support site. They don't want you to read about it. They don't want you to see it. So in Florida, the attorney general there, Ashley Moody, is not happy with what's going on up in Canada. Here's the Florida attorney general. How in the world can you now come in and make a political judgment, impose your political will, when folks are trying to support those standing up for their freedom, for their rights? We're not going to put up with this hypocritical nonsense by big business. Well, uh, I don't know what they're going to do, but in any case, she's bad, and she's the attorney general, so she has a bunch of lawyers at her disposal. Um, Brian Brace, he's a, one of the truckers, uh, was asked, what's uh, this People's Convoy all about? And this is what he had to say. This convoy's for everyone. It can't express enough that this is as no mean, in no way is this a right-wing issue or a left-wing issue. This is not anti-vax. This is about your rights as a human being, and then, of course, as an, as an American, your constitutional rights. Uh, well, there's no constitutional rights up in Canada, the same as here. Uh, Ottawa has declared a state of emergency. They are they're taking this very, very seriously. They've declared a state of emergency in response to more than a week of the truckers protesting against the COVID restrictions in Canada. Um, one of the people from the city said the city is losing this battle. Uh, the protests are a threat to resident safety. There have been reports. Of, they're, they're, they're making, I think some of this is probably true. Some of it's made up. So there, there, there have been reports of racial attacks. What do you mean there's been reports of racial Tell me where. Where have these racial attacks been? The other day they were talking about Confederate flags. I'm going, I don't think I've ever seen a Confederate flag in Canada. In any case, Ottawa, uh, downtown, center of town, I I've never been there, but they are paralyzed. And they've got the trucks, and they've set up tents, and they're camping out. And it was all sparked by a new rule that all truckers must be vaccinated to cross the U.S.-Canada border. But it has morphed into uh, broader challenges to COVID health restrictions, according to the BBC. So they've gathered in central Ottawa near Parliament Hill, 
Their demands have grown to include ending all COVID mandates nationwide and oppose uh, the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. Speaking of getting rid of the mandates, so there is, it seems to me, with the numbers of people that are, the COVID cases are dropping like a rock here in the U.S., some places are still bad, but a lot of places that had it, it's not uh, bad anymore. Uh, New Jersey, the governor of New Jersey, big Democrat, came out a couple of hours ago and said, we are going to end the mask mandates in New Jersey. And then he said, March 7th. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is February 7th. If if you're ending it, what are you basing what are you basing ending the restrictions, the mask mandate on? Uh, is it politics or is it science? And if it's science, does the science say that somehow if you wait 30 days that the COVID virus will be gone? You know that? So none of this is making any sense. And a lot of people across this country and now up in Canada, I think this Canadian Trucker's uh, demonstration is going to be showing up here in the U.S. I don't know where. I don't know when. But um, I think people are backing off all these restrictions pretty quickly.